Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, This podcast is a re-release. I was thinking a lot, I have been thinking a lot, and I do think a lot about the Savior and his life. And I have been watching some videos and reading different scriptures about the importance of our relationship with the Savior and his life, his birth, and all that we can gain from partaking of his gift of the atonement in our lives. And so I, with Christmas coming and my children coming home and uh, life being a little bit busy, I am doing this re-release and it's a podcast that I did early on when I started my podcast about how the savior understands and knows everything that you and I are experiencing. So enjoy listening to this podcast and have a Merry Christmas. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Seeking Light. Um, Today's Sunday, and I'm pre-recording this to release it this week. And before I get started with this particular podcast, I just want to send out my thank yous to all of you that are listening. I can't tell you how happy it makes me to get an email or a text from someone that has shared something they're going through and how much the podcast has helped them during this time in their lives. And I just truly, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to spread light and I just want to help anybody that I can. And I feel very directed um, from Heavenly Father in my efforts to do this. Uh, For example, today I woke up and my thoughts were about having a podcast today and Um, I just had different topics going through my mind and, uh, all of a sudden, mm, a few hours into the day, it came clear to me what I was going to do today, tonight. And so I'm just, um, I'm really thankful. And so I want to thank you and thanks for sharing it. And thanks for all your messages that you're sending to me. And I just pray that I can keep helping you in your lives and shedding, sharing light, um, so this week has been a very interesting week. We, I just have a new nephew, Henry, that was born. I don't know if you listened to my interview with my sister-in-law, Jill, but she just delivered her baby. And it was a very emotional week for all of us in the family, specifically Jill and her husband, Lee, because there was a lot of trauma around Henry's delivery and him coming into this world. And so a lot of my thoughts have been on birth and the resurrection and the Savior. And so today, knowing that Easter is coming in two weeks, and it's actually Paige's birthday on Sunday, April 4th, um, I decided that I'm going to focus this podcast on the Savior and how he understands everything that you and I feel. And so in the past years, I've wrote down many times different things that I'm going through. And then I write down a time in the Savior's life where he has experienced the same um, 
emotions I'm expressing. I'm not saying that he's gone through what I've gone through, but he understands how I feel. And so I want to start off by a scripture in Alma in the Book of Mormon, and it's chapter seven, and this is what it said. It says, And he shall go forth, suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind, and this that the word might be fulfilled, which saith, He will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy, according to the flesh, that he may know, according to the flesh, how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh, that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. I love this scripture because it talks about how the Savior experiences, experiences all these things in the flesh so that he can understand yours and my infirmities. And I, um, once in a talk, I, I don't even know where, it, I mean, it's been out there a lot, but the word sucker, because it talks about how he suckers his people, is um, the definition of it is relief, aid, and help. Now, the um, literal translation of sucker is to run to, to run to support, to help or relieve one in difficulty, want or distress, to assist and to deliver from suffering, to suck, and so to aid, to help, to assist, assistance that relieves and delivers us from difficulty, want, or distress. So I'm in the next little time that we have together, I'm going to share all these different things that I feel that the Savior can understand you and I and succor us, comfort us, aid us, help us, relieve us as we are going through different earthly experiences in this mortal realm. And um, before I start with the first topic, I wanted to share with you a quote from Elder Kim Clark, and it was from the Enzyme in April 2016. And he said, quote, there is no sin, no guilt, no shame, no fear, no loneliness, no heartache, no loss, no depression, no sadness, no terror, no pain, no challenge, no weakness that Jesus has not experienced and overcome. He has all power over all things. If you turn to Christ and repent of your sins, he will forgive you and cleanse you and change your heart. This is the redeeming power of the atonement. If you turn to Christ when you face challenges and need capacity beyond your own, he can strengthen you and magnify your capacity. This is the strengthening power of the atonement. So there is not anything that you and I have gone through that he doesn't understand and that he is ready to run and relieve us and help us through these trials and um, provide uh, comfort. So the first thing is that I wanted to share with you is um, there were times where he was alone and that he didn't have anyone there to support him. So have you in your life ever felt alone? Have you felt like you have nobody to that's got your back or that you can understand what you're feeling? The definition alone of alone is separated from others. 
So I wanted to take you to the scripture in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 46. It says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and he saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will. And under the footnotes it says, desire or wish, not as I desire or not as I wish, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples, and he findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Um, And under the footnotes, it says, um, Are ye so powerless that ye could not stay awake with me? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doth betray me. So in your life, have you ever felt alone? The Savior went and asked them if they could stay awake, if they could wait for him. And he had to go through this all by himself, all alone. And I feel like there are times in our lives where we can feel really alone. And we feel like there's others that don't understand what we're going through. You know, when I was a teenager and I had gained my own testimony and conviction, converted unto the Lord, I remember an intense feeling of of feeling alone, that I didn't have anybody who was there for me. But I want you to know that the Savior did succor me and he will succor you and that you are never alone, that he is always there And he understands what loneliness is. Okay, the next um, scripture that I wanted to read to you is, it's about, have you ever felt betrayed? So the definition of betray is to lead astray, to deliver to an enemy by, or to fail or desert, especially in a time of need. So in your life, have you ever felt betrayed by somebody? Um, In Matthew 26, 47 through 57, we read about Judas. And so this is an example of the Savior being feeling betrayed. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. 
Now he that betrayed him gave him a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Behold him, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and he kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Now we know that that was Peter from um, other accounts in the scriptures. So Peter smites off this, um, the high priest servants with, he smites off his ear with his sword. And Jesus says, then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching you in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. So in your life, have you felt betrayed? Have you felt like somebody turned on you and abandoned you and deserted you when you were in a time of need? Judas betrayed the Savior. And I want you to know that you are not alone if you've had those feelings before, because he understands that. This is one of his apostles, and he literally sold Jesus for the price of a slave. Um, and you're not alone. If you are feeling betrayed, know that you can turn to our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus Christ and he will succor you. He will come to you. He will run to you. He will provide relief and aid to you. Okay, the next scripture that I wanted to read to you was, have you ever felt like you don't belong? That you don't belong where you're at or in a situation you're in? Um, this is in Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 27, verses 20 through 31. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto him, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not he could prevail nothing, but that he that he that rather a tumult was made. So if you go down to the footnotes under tumult, it means ex, um, exceedingly or beyond measure. So the cry was beyond measure. The, that the people wanted him to be crucified. He took water and he washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. 
see ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be upon us and our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, and under the footnote it says the governor's house or residence, and they gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a purple robe. Under the Joseph Smith translation, it says it wasn't scarlet, it was purple. So when they had plated a crown of thorns upon him, they put upon his head and the reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to be crucified. Have you ever felt like you don't belong or that you're not wanted? Um, I recently was talking to my sister and she was checking out a private um, Christian school for her children. And she shared with me that when they arrived there to like look at it and watch and see what was going on, that after the opening time, a young lady walked up to her 13-year-old daughter and said, you're with me, you come with me. And when I was thinking about how at times we might feel like we don't belong somewhere, that there are others that can help us to feel like we do belong. And this young lady helped my niece feel like she belonged there and that she was wanted and that she was loved. And I was really grateful that that young woman did that for her because especially at the age of a teenager, it's so hard to feel like you belong. And our children really suffer with those feelings of loneliness. And the Savior understands that. He understands that all these Jews and individuals wanted him to be destroyed and that he didn't belong. And they chose a thief to be released as opposed to the Son of God. Okay, have you ever been falsely accused? So we know that the Savior was falsely accused all the time. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they accused him of saying things. They accused him with false information that caused him to be crucified. And there was, he was being falsely accused all the time. I want to share a story with you. When I was a teenager, um, we went to BYU in Provo and we, I was with, um, my brother and some of his, um, friends and we had all gone to the bookstore and we were shopping around the bookstore and all of a sudden this person walked up to us and asked us to please follow them. And I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. And so they took us upstairs into this office and they separated us. And then they told us that somebody, they believed that somebody had stole something and they wanted to talk to all of us about it. Well, I was, I was so scared because I knew I had not touched anything. I didn't, I'm assuming that the group I was with had not touched anything or taken anything. And so I felt very falsely accused and I was scared to death and I felt like I had to defend myself and 
make sure that they understood that I, I hadn't done this. Now, I know when I'm talking about the Savior and what he went through, that is totally pelling in comparison to me being falsely accused and the group I was with of taking something from the bookstore. But it was a horrible feeling inside to have somebody think that you had done something and try to um, put you in a situation that caused you to be afraid and fear for what was going to happen. Thank heavens, they found that there was nothing we nobody had taken anything and they apologized and said that we could go but that feeling lingered with me and that's why I'm sharing it with you today is you know it's not fun to be falsely accused and the savior understands that and so he can come and succor us and run to us and provide aid for us when we feel that we are being falsely accused okay the next scripture i wanted to read to you is in luke 17 and this is the um have you ever felt like you've not given gratitude yourself or that somebody has not shown you gratitude for what you've done for them um this is the story of the 10 lepers and i've read this in another podcast but it was about a different twist i'd found on it through somebody in my ward but this um, time i just want to read to you And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. So have you ever felt in your life that you are not receiving gratitude for something you've done or you're not alone the savior understands that and i remember as a teenager i can't remember what it was for but i i grew up in a family that when we were young we started working right away i started babysitting when i was 9 years old and i lived in idaho so um and then when i was when we moved to Oregon, I began babysitting right away. So I literally babysit until I was, I mean, you know, 18. And so we, as a family, we paid for our own things and, um, we were responsible for, you know, getting our school clothes and getting things that we wanted. And mom and dad took care of the necessities of life. And I'm really grateful for that experience as a young woman, because I really learned how to manage my money and, be held accountable for it. And I really felt a sense of self-worth from paying for my own things. Well, one time I, for some reason, I don't even know what for, I really felt like my parents, I needed their help. And I really felt like they weren't giving me what I needed. And I felt very angry at them and, and felt like they were 
just not being good parents. And I remember going into my room and I was very upset with them. And I started reading my scriptures and I realized that I was in the wrong and that it was actually my fault that I needed to apologize because I had been given so much from my mom and dad. And that for me to be so ungrateful was totally wrong. And I needed to rectify what I had done and said. So I went out and I found my mom and dad and I said, I wanted to tell them that I was so sorry for being an ungrateful teenager and that I knew there were many things. And even though they couldn't help me with this particular thing, that I was grateful for everything else that they gave me. Um, President Monson gave a talk, The Divine Gift of Gratitude, and this is what he said. We can lift ourselves and others as well when we refuse to remain in the realm of negative thought and cultivate within our hearts an attitude of gratitude. If ingratitude be numbered among the serious sins, then gratitude takes its place among the the noblest of virtues. Someone has said that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. How can we cultivate within our hearts an attitude of gratitude? President Joseph Joseph F. Smith, the sixth president of the church, provided an answer. He said, quote, the grateful man sees so much in the world to be thankful for, and with him the good overweighs, outweighs the evil. Love overpowers jealousy, and light drives darkness out of his life. He continued, pride destroys our gratitude and sets up selfishness in its place. How much happier we are in the presence of a grateful and loving soul, and how careful we should be to cultivate through the medium of our prayerful life a thankful attitude toward God and man. So if you are feeling at times where you're not receiving gratitude from your children or your spouse or your family, know that the Savior has been there and he understands that and that he will succor you and he will come to your aid. Okay, the next one is in Matthew chapter 14. And this is, um, have you ever lost a loved one? Um, if you have the savior understands and he is there to succor you, um, in Matthew uh, 14, chapter 14, uh, verses three through 12, I want to read to you about somebody that the savior lost that was a loved one for him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias's sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given to her. And he sent and he beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, 
he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. So John and the Savior, I am sure, had an extremely beautiful relationship. If you remember, Elizabeth was carrying John, and Mary went and abode with Elizabeth for a few months while they were both pregnant with the boys, with John and Jesus. And so the Savior and John, remember John leapt within Elizabeth's womb when Mary was there, arrived. And so the Savior understands our pain and our suffering when we lose someone that we love very much. Um, when Matt and I delivered our, before we had Madeline, we had a little boy named Matthew and he died. He did not have kidneys. He had Potter syndrome and we were really devastated and my heart was aching and I just felt like I didn't want to leave my apartment. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I felt completely alone and I remember one day Matt was at school and I was in so much pain and I just felt like, can anybody understand my pain? I have a baby inside of me that when it comes out will be dead and I am hurting and I knelt down by my couch and I began to pray and after I prayed I sat up and my phone rang now remember we didn't have cell phones at that time Matt and I didn't and it was just my home phone and Matt had called me because he felt like he needed to check in with me and see if I was doing okay and I just feel that we need to remember that the Savior has lost loved ones that he cared for dearly and that he will succor you and I, that there is nothing that he has gone through that, that hasn't, that we have gone through that he has, does not understand. He understands it all. And he lost John and he had took some time and he went into a desert place apart and he will provide us with what we need through our pain and suffering. Okay, the next thing is um, the Savior was rejected. Have you ever felt rejected by somebody? Have you ever felt like um, you weren't wanted? Um, in John chapter 6, verse 66 through 69, there's a time where J Jesus is teaching the people about him being the bread of life. And we'll go back into that in a minute on another thing I'm going to talk about. But um, the Savior, after they, they, he talks to them, it says that um, many of this, in verse 66 of John 6, it says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye go, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So these disciples left him, walked away, and followed him no more. They rejected him. They rejected his words. Have you ever felt rejected? Um, I want to share experience with you. When I was in college, before I went to college in high school, I paid for myself to go to EFY, especially for youth at BYU, 
Provo and I went two different years and I absolutely loved it. And I loved the counselors that we had over us as a group. So we'd usually have, you know, 12 girls, 10, 12 girls, and we'd have a counselor over us that was a young single adult who was in college age. And so I found out through a flyer at Rick's college uh, when I went to college that they were looking for EFY counselors. And I thought, what the heck, I would love to do this so much, and I'm going to go ahead and apply. And so I applied to become an EFY counselor. And I was shocked when I got a letter telling me that they would like me to come to an interview um, at a certain day on the campus of Ricks College, and they wanted me to present um, a scripture and talk about that and share how I would work with a group of young women um, in in that principle, on on a specific principle. So I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. And I, I practiced and things just weren't coming right into my head and I couldn't seem to figure things out and it wasn't coming how I wanted. And I go and I had two other um, former counsel, EFY counselors that were sitting there and they asked me to go ahead and they asked me a bunch of questions and then they asked me to give my presentation. And you guys, I gave my presentation and I just fell apart. I was crying. I couldn't talk right. It just didn't happen. And I remember leaving that building and just feeling the lowest of lows and feeling completely rejected and walking back to my apartment up the hill and feeling like I had completely failed and that I was totally going to be rejected by the program. And sure enough, I was. They let me know that I would not be moving on to the second round and thank you for my time. Well, I want you to know that I have thought of that situation several times when I look back and I think about different times of that I felt rejected, but you, we are never alone. The savior himself felt rejected. There were those that left him and walked away and didn't follow him and his teachings anymore. And he understands that. And so he can sucker you. He can sucker me. If we are feeling rejected, go to him. You run to him. He will come to you and he will help you out of that. Okay. The next one I want to talk about is sorrow. Have you ever felt sorrow? Have you ever felt like um, your pain is so great that you are just in a complete state of sorrow. Well, in Isaiah 53, it talks about the Savior and it says, he is, it's in Isaiah 53, verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteem him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. The Savior understands our sorrows. He is there for us. He will succor us. It says that he is a man of sorrows. He can carry our sorrows. And he is acquainted with our griefs. So turn to him. As we are coming on this Easter season, he is there for us and he loves us. And there's nothing you and I have gone through that he doesn't understand. Okay, the next one is he can strengthen us by angels. So this is in Luke 
um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is in Luke chapter 22. And this is in verses 41 and 44. And this is in the New Testament. It says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And he, he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, falling down to the ground. Okay, I feel like there's a, that beautiful talk by Elder Holland about angels. And I feel that there are angels on the other side of the veil that are helping you and I and strengthening us. But I also feel that Heavenly Father and Savior, they send ministering angels to us on this earth and I wanted to share with you a really special experience that happened to me um, about I don't know uh, let's see probably 15 years ago so Matt and I were leaving a town that I really didn't want to leave and I really was heartbroken and Matt had started a new job in our area now and I was trying to pack up our whole house and I had had a brand new baby um, Paige was only a couple months old and I had, so I had five kids and I was completely confused at why Heavenly Father hadn't preserved us and allowed us to stay in this town. And I was just beyond broken. And I was pleading for God to comfort me and strengthen me that I could get through this moment. And at that moment where I really felt like I was going to break my door, someone knocked at my front door. And I went and I opened the door and my friend Jan, Jan Ernest, was standing at the door with a card in her hand. And she just said, Beth, I felt like I needed to come over. And I want you to know that I knew at that moment that, that I had been strengthened by an angel in the form of Jan. And she wrote in this card that she knew that God was aware of us and that he was guiding us in our lives and that everything was going to be okay. And she hugged me and told me that she loved me and that I didn't need to fear that all things were happening for my good. And I want you to know that she came to me and strengthened me just like an angel ministered unto Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and strengthened him. And he will do that for you too. You are not alone. He will strengthen you. And he knows what it feels like to be strengthened by an angel, which can be in the form, like I said, of a human being on this earth or an, an angel that lives in with our Father in heaven. Okay, the next thing, the Savior, have you ever felt tempted? Well, he has. And in Matthew, where we learn about him fasting 40 days and 40 nights, we learn that Satan goes to tempt him and he wants him to turn the stones into bread. He wants him to cast himself down from the wall and he wants to show him that he can have all this power and authority. 
And so Satan tempts you and I all the time to abandon ship, to betray or leave or go astray. And um, there's a quote by David O. McKay, and I think I've read it in another podcast, but I'm going to read it to you again. And this is what David O. McKay said. He said, every temptation that comes to you and me comes in one of three forms. Number one, a temptation of the appetite or passion. Number two, a yielding to pride, fashion, or vanity. And number three, a desire for worldly riches or power and dominion over lands or earthly possessions of men. Such temptations come to us in our social gatherings. They come to us in our political strivings. They come to us in our businesses, business relations, on the farm, in the mercantile, in our dealings, in all of our affairs of life, we find these insidious influences working. It is when they manifest themselves to the consciousness of each individual that the defense of truth should exert itself. So the Savior, you are not alone. If you are feeling tempted and you are needing strengthened, can you imagine having fasted 40 days and 40 nights and knowing that you could turn that stone into bread and having the devil come and tempt you in your weakest hour to provide for yourself um, something that would bring you comfort. You're not alone. He knows what you're going through and he's experienced it himself. Okay, the next thing, there's only two more things. (laughs) And this next one, the Savior was turned away by those. Have you ever felt you, you were turned away by those you love? Um, I want to take you to the book of Mark. And if you remember, Peter, I'm in Mark chapter 14. Peter was beneath in the palace, and there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. So Peter, or the Savior is before Pilate, and he's witnessing that He is that he's the son of God and Peter is there in the palace and there is a maid that comes of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, and thou also was, was with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew. And a maid saw him again and began to say unto him that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied again, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called the mind the word that called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him. Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. So Peter himself um, denied the Savior. And there are times in our lives that we can feel turned away by those that we love, that they um, deny our relationship or 
what we've had, and that can be extremely painful. And the beautiful thing about it is that the Savior understands that. He's had loved ones, not only Peter, he's had other disciples, he had Judas, he had many other people turn away from him. And he still to this day has many that turn away from his love and choose to not receive his love. And so remember that he will succor you. If you are feeling turned away by those that you love, you are not alone. He understands your pain and he will lift you up and bear you all through these struggles that you have. Okay, the last one is um, the scripture that I want to read to you is in Matthew chapter 14. And this one is, he understands when we just want to be alone. Have you ever felt like you just want to be alone? Um, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 23, it says, And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples into a ship, and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. In our lives, we might have times where we just want to be alone. And I remember as a young mother, um, feeling extremely overwhelmed and feeling like I never had time to just be alone. You know, I had to make sure that I was providing for the children and meeting their needs and comforting them when they were hurt. And sometimes I just wanted someone to be a mother for me and hold me and help me. And so I felt that I just needed maybe a moment alone. And I remember there would be times that I would just go sit on my bed and shut my door and take a deep breath and just sit there for alone to be all alone. And the Savior understands that. He went at one point and probably many points, and it says he went up to the mountain apart to pray and that he, when the evening was come, he was there alone. So if there are times where you feel like you just need to be alone and think something over or contemplate what you need to do, he understands that. Every single one of these um, thoughts that I shared with you today is all because the Savior understands us. And he has lived in the flesh so that he can succor us, his people, that he can come to us, relieve us, comfort us, give us the support that we need. And we need to trust that he will do that. I am so grateful for the Savior. And as we celebrate this Easter of the resurrection of Christ, remember that there is nothing, nothing that you are going through that he does not understand. And he will provide the comfort that you need. And what we need to remember to do is to build our foundation on Christ. As we build our foundation on Christ, we will not fail. We are going to go through trials. We are going to have hard things happen. There are going to be whirlwinds and tempests and storms and wells, and we'll be tossed to and fro. But we will be firm in our relationship with Christ, understanding that what we're going through, he understands it. And I want to end with a scripture in Helaman chapter 5, verse 12. And now, my sons, and I will say, my daughters, my children, remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, 
Yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. The Savior is the sure foundation. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope that all of you have a beautiful Easter with your families and your loved ones. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.